pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Atlanta Football. I know you all have missed us so much that by popular demand, we are back. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, joined by beat writer of many hats, including a football helmet that he's wearing right now, Scott Ritchie. How ridiculous would it be if I was actually <laughs> wearing a helmet right, while Rick, recording the podcast? Ricky Williams did interviews wearing helmets back in, back in the day. Yeah, I'm not Ricky Williams. <laughs> you mean you're not high right now? <laughs> not as far as you know. We're off to a rousing start in our return. Our first episode, episode 45, our first one since I checked the podcast archives, February 10th. Uh, Scott, have you just not been working since February 10th? <laughs> uh, as I get ready to storm out of the <laughs> podcast booth. There was With this little, your football helmet in There was this little thing called the uh, college basketball season. All right. The final enough. month of it that... Kept me a little busy, traipsing you know, across yeah, well, half the re- country. We recorded this on February 10th, and since then, in Champaign, you went to, uh, what, Piscataway, New Jersey. You stayed in Indy quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it was East Lansing, Lansing, Ann Arbor, Pittsburgh. Just Indy been, again. Yeah, just been all over. So did you stay, since we recorded this podcast before you got back, late Sunday night to Champaign-Urbana. Did you spend more nights in this past six weeks in Champaign-Urbana, Pittsburgh, or Indy? Well, I mean, Savoy, Okay, if we're going to be accurate. It's uh, where the Ritchie World Headquarters is located. It's where the Bureau is. Um, <laughs> probably, I mean, at home, but it was a close thing. I, I was on the road a lot in the last month and a half. Providing excellent coverage of the Illinois men's basketball program, and he got back late Sunday night from Pittsburgh along with uh, colleagues Colin Likas and Anthony Zillis. And then Tuesday morning, Scott, you were posted up at Memorial Stadium for the first spring football practice. Yeah, it was really nice of them just to not allow any break in between and just go right from basketball to spring football. Um, Yeah, got to see a riveting 15 minutes of practice. Sent some sarcasm there. Um, well, watch the quarterbacks learn this is how you carry the ball. Okay, that's important. I mean, real fundamental stuff. It's um, a first spring practice. Got to go over the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, well, there were a lot of highlights. The offensive line, they were probably the most physical of the bunch, as always. Like, they don't pull a lot of punches in that group. Uh, but, you know, we don't get to see a ton. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. back there today as we record this on a Thursday Chilly, gray, rainy Thursday morning in late March here in Champaign. Yeah, I, um, I liked it better on Tuesday when it was at least a little sun and you know, a scotch warmer. But it was more kind of the same 15 minutes. Like We're getting the same period of practice, I think, every day, so it's the same things every day. And so far, the most like f- things you could like say, okay, that's football, 
have been the quarterbacks really just throwing passes to tight ends and running backs in the flat. Um, so not seeing it. Does Tommy DeVito have a good arm? I have no idea. He hasn't thrown it more than five yards. He's shown that, though, in his previous time at Syracuse, that he can he can launch a deep pass if he needs to. Okay. I haven't seen it I mean, live he's from, in person. Well, he's from Jersey. North Jersey. North Jersey. <laughs> let's get it, let's get it right. right. <laughs> North Jersey. Because like, I'm curious how the quarterback room's going to work because he got like a very pro North Jersey um, guy in Tommy DeVito. And then Art Zukowski's from Jersey. Donovan Leary, he's not here yet, but he's from Jersey. It's like, are they... F- I have to. I don't know my Jersey geography off the top of my head, but like, is there going to be a problem? Is there going to be a lot of fist bumping and Jersey Shore anecdotes or any uh, antics going on in, in the quarterback room? I mean, I kind of hope so because that'd be a really good story. <laughs> I'm going to pursue that once they're all here. But uh, I don't. There's there's not a ton to say by design. Yeah, I mean. Even, just let us watch the whole thing if we want. It's like, I'm not going to give away state secrets because you're not going to show me that. I mean, yes, they're installing a new offense, but like, you're going to. Like, I'm not going to be up there videotaping the whole thing. You're going like to you're gonna call Scott Frost and Jeff Brom and right after you get done and say, hey, this is what. It's what Barry Lenny Jr. is doing. Yeah, because I've got get a, ready. I've got a direct line to Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln, and West Lafayette, and Madison, and Iowa City, and, and Evanston. Yeah, um, not just let us watch. Okay. I mean, although today I didn't mind not being in the cold, so I mean, let us watch on warm days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are the quarterbacks that are out on the field right now for the Illini, Scott? So there are five of them. Kind of. Because Art Sikowski apparently did throw a little bit on Tuesday, but that was just uh, in the indoor facility sort of after practice. But it was the first time he had thrown since Penn his State. first his first surgery mm-hmm. you know, after breaking his arm at Penn State and then had a soldier sh- shoulder surgery after that to deal with kind of a lingering issue he had been dealing with you know, before the broken arm. Um, but Tommy DeVito. Syracuse transfers out there. Ryan Johnson, the former D2 quarterback at Northern Michigan, the walk-on. is So those are the top two guys right now. Okay. You got Samari Collier, who there you go. Um, didn't play at all as a true freshman, because why would he have? Mm-hmm. Um, well, despite fans' call for that, they just want freshmen in every sport <laughs> to play. I mean, it's kind of... And then they become sophomores, and then they turn on them. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then the fourth quarterback that's active, because I haven't really seen Art do much mm-hmm. in 15, well, it's now 30 total minutes, um, uh, is Jake Huber, who I had no idea who that was. He's a freshman walk-on from uh, Richmond Burton High School. So there you state, go. In-state kid, uh, but sort of, sort of taking on the uh, shorter quarterback role from Matt Robinson, who informed the coaches this week that he was going to transfer and be in the portal. So all indications are, as we sit here, almost five months out from the season opener against Wyoming on August 27th, the Week Zero game. It's Tommy DeVito's team, right? Maybe. I mean, the fact that Art's throwing already is interesting. He he should be full go by the fall, one would assume, or if not, at some point. Here in the spring, uh, but take this with uh, 
heaping bag of salt. <laughs> but because for the most part, in the drills that I've seen the quarterbacks run in two days and thirty minutes total worth of practice, it's usually two going at the same time. But when they've gone to just one quarterback under center, the first snap of both days has gone to Ryan Johnson. Sound the conspiracy theories. So he's he's clearly <laughs> at the top of the depth chart and. You know, just bringing in a, an FBS transfer. That was a smokescreen <laughs> for Illinois. No, it's like Tommy DeVito didn't transfer here not to play. So I don't think they would pursue a quarterback like that for him not to be perhaps the guy. Um, but it's, it could be a long five months. You never know what will happen. And we haven't heard from Tommy DeVito yet. Used to be back in the day, and I'm not saying like back in the way back machine. I'm saying six years ago five years ago heck four to three years ago you could actually request players to talk to after practice correct yeah i i remember doing that and uh not a thing anymore you are told these are the players that are going to be available now to Illinois credit they make about what four or five players available four a day so far and then um no quarterbacks though yet no quarterbacks which Shouldn't, I guess, surprise me because last fall, got Brandon Peters on the very first day of fall training camp. When Brett Bielema said he wanted Brandon Peters to be more vocal and be that assertive quarterback Putting, leader. putting the quarterback out in the eye of the mm-hmm. public. Because, um, you know, they're the face of college football programs. Yeah, and then, honestly, I, I assume we got him again at some point in the season. I don't remember. No, I'm kidding. Like It, just, it was months later before we talked to Brandon Peters again. Interesting. Uh... Chase Brown was talking to reporters today. Bob Osmus is going to have a column on the running back who apparently has cut his hair. It's startling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sydney still has the, the long oh. flowing locks, but, okay. but Chase chopped them off. I, was like, right. I mean, that's made just time. So now you can to tell be an the, Yeah, I mean. Now you can tell the twins apart. Yeah, which is kind of disappointing because I like to harbor the idea like that they were parent trapping. The coaches and like switching jerseys and then playing each other's position at times. Just maybe maybe Sydney had some of Chase's thousand yards rushing. How are we to know that he didn't? Well, Chase does have a large tattoo on his, I believe, right forearm. Okay, but I don't think Sydney has. Put a sleeve on it, and you okay. never know. But now, I mean, that's you can't do it anymore because Chase has short hair. All right, maybe he's going to grow it back before the season starts. Good. He's not going to get that that length. All right. But yeah, so. Um, I got a chance to talk with Keith Randolph today. And anytime you can talk to Keith Randolph, I think your day is made better. Yeah. Yeah. Be writing about that for Friday, so I'll save some of the good stuff for our print subscribers, which everyone should subscribe. But uh asked him about the Illinois Chattanooga game in the NCAA tournament uh, because Malachi Smith played mm-hmm. for Chattanooga, was a high school teammate of, both his, of Keith's and EJ Liddell's. And uh, asked him what he was thinking when Malachi Smith had a chance at a game winner against Illinois and he said he was going to plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) But Keith's a lot of fun to talk to. And he's wearing a new number this year. Yeah, which is, it'll be part of the story. There's a, according to him, there's a reason he's wearing number zero. Because he wants to be Josh McRae? That wouldn't be the one. Okay. A lot of new numbers though, I think. Uh, Johnny Newton's now number four. I haven't gone through the entire roster. Yeah, it's like, like the defensive linemen are like branching out from the the 90s where Keith was 88 but like because Tira Edwards the transfer from Northwestern is wearing number 23 as a nose guard interesting 
I, I see like the number twenty three, like working with the defensive line. I was like, "What is going on? <laughs> why, is there running, is why is there a running back <laughs> with the defensive line?" But then uh, it's it's Tira. So yeah, a lot of number changes out there. Um, a lot of new faces because there's some some freshmen that have enrolled early and getting a a leg up on the college football season. And Aiden Loffrey, GCMS former GCMS star, one of them. Um, Really, uh, like, it seems like only like the offensive linemen from the freshman class are the ones that didn't enroll early. I mean, there's a few more, but you know, that group won't be on campus until until summer. So, uh, spring ball is off and running. Uh, they have 15 practices total. They've already got two in the books. The sched- the tentative schedule. And again, these are not open to the public. They're open to distinguished reporters like Scott Ritchie and Lauren Tate and Bob Osmussen for about 15 minutes at a time which I find ironic too because you don't they have you go for 15 minutes and then you have to just wait for another half hour inside the stadium yeah Yeah, all right um whatever (laughs) the uh uh, spring game is culminating these this month-long effort on uh, Thursday night April 21st under the lights at Memorial Stadium uh, what do you? What are what are some big storylines you're kind of wanting to to see out of the spring? I know it's going to be a vanilla offense that Illinois shows in the spring game. They're not going to roll out their bag of tricks at all under Barry Lundy Jr. But what are some uh, what are some items you're watching uh, as spring ball is in full effect? I mean, obviously the quarterbacks because you watch the quarterbacks in the spring, in the fall, throughout the season, whenever like that kind of an important position um the rest of the offense i mean running back room pretty well known it's like chase brown josh mccray those are your one two mm-hmm. and then maybe reggie love is in that third spot and chase hayden is he still a thing still around okay the fourth all right maybe i don't know but then you got freshmen like aiden lawfrey jordan anderson both here now so no telling if they don't jump the line a little bit uh wide receivers like most of them left but Isaiah Williams Casey Washington Pat Bryant those are probably your top three and then it's just kind of a matter of okay who's next mm-hmm. and that, so that, that's something to watch so, like, some younger guys you know Sean Miller maybe one of the more highly regarded freshmen in this class enrolled early um talking with Isaiah Williams on Tuesday he said that you know because Sean spent his well, he ended his at least ended his high school career at IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. Like those guys, kind of come into college in a little ahead because mm-hmm. they've already had to leave home and you know go through kind of a pretty rigorous football deal at IMG. So interesting to see what he does. Offensive line, obviously, there's several starters to replace, but it seems like uh, Isaiah Adams, the the JUCO tackle, is probably going to. Make a run to get a starting spot. Um, Alex Pilstrom has kind of been the first-string center. Zach Barlow um, at one of the guard spots. Then you got Alex Balczewski obviously coming back is huge. Julian Pearl hasn't practiced because he hurt his thumb in a pickup basketball game you know, before spring ball started. Uh, so not great timing there to be sort of overcome with March Madness and want to get back out on the basketball court. Um, but they, they've got some options there. Um, defensively, it's just, you know, how does maybe Calvin Avery or Virtus Brown step up into mm-hmm. that nose tackle spot? 
you know, that Rod Perry filled for a couple seasons. Um, Calvin Hart coming back, you know, off of his injury at linebacker. I mean, he had part of one really good game mm-hmm. against Nebraska before he got hurt, and then that was it. Um, could be a big part of the, the defense. And then kind of in that defensive backfield, obviously have to place like Tony Adams, Kirby Joseph. Um, so some interesting maybe some spring roster battles to, to follow there. Who's the punter? Uh, going to be another Aussie, uh, uh, Hugh Robertson. He what, 30? Almost. Like, like a decade. He's in his late 20s for sure. Um, was a, a cop for a while in Australia. <laughs> And then, so what you're saying is, don't mess with Hugh Robertson. Well, because he's almost the age of Ryan Walters, the defensive yeah. coordinator, and he used to be a cop. Yeah, and funny, funny Hugh Robertson story. Um, when he first got on campus, like he got, because on every player's bio mm-hmm. on the website, it's just like has a list of their interests. Yeah. Um, apparently, he filled his sheet out. And just tried to be funny. It was like. And it made it on the website, but like he was like a championship kangaroo racer <laughs> in Australia. Uh, so he's so, got some personality. Yeah, so it should be good there. Um, then, Kicker, who who replaces James McCord? Okay, and Caleb Griffin, the everyman. Yeah, the four star star, four sports star at Danville should have a leg up in that competition. See what you did there, Scott Ritchie. Uh, yeah, that was, I did that on purpose. Um, but they brought in a couple. There's a freshman. Walk on, and then they brought in a transfer that was a kicker and a punter. So there'll be some competition, but I would kill Griffin, Hugh Robertson. I think those are your specialists at the top of the dub chart. It's weird. I looked out the window here at uh, podcast headquarters here at the News Gazette, and I see Caleb Griffin in the parking lot because he's everywhere. He is everywhere. He was in Pittsburgh for the NCAA tournament. Um, rushed the court when Illinois beat Iowa. The day before, he rushed the court in Fort Collins, Colorado, <laughs> when Colorado State, uh, I guess they won the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um, Why was he there? Kendall Moore, also one of his Danville teammates, mm-hmm. plays for the Rams. Um, but, like, Caleb's literally at everything. Mm-hmm. Every every sport Illinois participates in, you will probably see Caleb Griffin in the stands. Sounds like a story for you, Scott Ritchie. I think Bob might have already written something about that. Yeah, I don't remember. We've covered him for quite some time here. Yeah. Former All-Area Boys Soccer Player of the Year from Danville. Um, chose Illinois by wearing Illinois socks. He ran out for warm-ups before a Danville boys basketball game he played in. Good dude. Good dude. Who loves the Illini, loves his hometown, and eager to see what he might be able to do this fall for the Illini. Another local kid making waves, making headlines, making the front page of Thursday's News Gazette, on the front page and also the, the sports section, Kane Feagan. Class of 2023 recruit from Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond. The first commit to Brett Bielema in the class of 2023. Made that announcement on Wednesday afternoon inside the gym down in Arthur. Uh, The Atwood native is coming to the Illini. And that's a pretty big get for Brett Bielema. Fegan is a guy that you don't see at a lot of Lincoln Prairie Conference schools. Uh, Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond's enrollment, uh, I think, of 325 or so. He's a uh, 6'2, 235 pound, 240 pound. 6'3, maybe. All right, there you go. Um, he was at the Illinois Iowa basketball game mm-hmm. as part of 
like a, just another unofficial visit to Champaign. Said Brad Underwood talked to him. That played a role in his decision. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw, like, it took a minute for me to, re- like, realize, like, okay, that's Caden Feeding, because I saw this giant human being in the sitting behind the Illinois bench. I was like, okay, so it's not a basketball <laughs> recruit. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, Caden got big. Yeah. Um, so it, he, really kind of an important moment for Brad Bielma because he went kind of all in on in-state recruit mm-hmm. recruiting uh, in the 2022 20, class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ken Figgins is a four-star recruit, a top 250 prospect nationally. And like one of his other finalists was Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And Iowa. And Iowa. So it's a, a big get. For Illinois, and especially because it's thirty-five, forty minutes away from Champaign. Yeah, seeing yeah. those guys go elsewhere is uh, rough. But whether like he's the first domino, and you know, uh, a recruiting bonanza, we'll see. But it's uh, if that's how you're going to start your class, like for Illinois, that's a hell of a way to start the class. Yeah, I mean he's a <clears throat> he's a guy we've known about here um, since before he entered high school and uh, burst onto the scene as a, a freshman, um, three sport athlete uh, at Arthur. He, he's dealing with a uh, ankle injury that he uh, recently had surgery on, but uh, should be fine for for next football season. For Arthur, he's going to probably miss the the track and field season uh, this upcoming spring, where he finished second in state. Uh, in class 1a last june in in the long jump um was a contributor on the basketball team as a freshman at arthur um had to shut that down though this winter so he's a a dynamic athlete uh like scott said a a big body who i'm sure is gonna fill out even more uh once he gets to illinois and gets uh working with tank Wright, the, the strength and conditioning coach and cool for him too to have this moment happen on his 18th birthday. Uh, like he celebrated yesterday. It's, uh, it's one he's always going to remember. And I mean, he's a guy too that Illinois was his first offer, but it's not like Illinois was the only offer. I think he went on, what, four or five visits to Notre Dame. Uh, went on several visits to Iowa as well and um, had ended up with 13 offers from FBS programs, and they're all from programs in the Power Five. We're not talking about... You know, he had, off- he had offers from Illinois, Notre Dame, Iowa, and Northern Illinois, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, whatever. These are legit Power Five programs that were all making the trip to to Amish country in in Arthur. And now he's got a chance to uh, really leave his legacy uh, at Arthur Levington Atwood Hammond. Uh, interesting for him too because his he played as a freshman. At, football on the, on the varsity team there and, and Arthur they made the playoffs his freshman year then the pandemic hits and he gets a five six game season in the spring of 2021 uh, good enough to put up some decent numbers and limited amount of time and then <clears throat> rush for almost 1300 yards last fall helped Arthur get back into the the playoffs in class 2a um, but also moved away from kind of a running back position. He was their quarterback for most of the season, kind of a wildcat was quarterback. He threw. He threw a little well, bit. Yeah, but more run. More I mean, run. Ryan Jefferson's uh, been there four or five years down in Arthur, and I'm sure he knows, hey, this is my best athlete. In well, I mean, 
1A level, like, who's going to tackle him? That's true. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, that's Go just, right ahead. You have to commit half your team to trying to bring down one one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what will be interesting for me is, like, if Illinois can capitalize on Caden's commitment by mm-hmm. getting more of the top guys from the state. Because got a ton of guys from Illinois in all this last class, but you're not in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Caden Feagan's the number three prospect in the state. Um and Illinois has offered, I'm looking through the list, most of these other guys. I mean, got two offensive linemen from East St. Louis that would be rather impressive gets. You know, Malik Elzey is a wide receiver from Simeon. You know, is top 300 prospect nationally. Um, Jair Hill, you know, just a, an athlete out of Kankakee that Illinois is very much interested in. Michigan as well. Um, but there's guys in the, the, the top tier in Illinois that haven't been coming. Illinois consistently. Um, like Kinder Green might have been the last mm-hmm. top 10 recruit in the state to pick Illinois. Uh, if Brad Mueller can get that level of player from the state, that I think only amplifies kind of what they're able to do. Well, yeah, and the, the first commit in every class is always kind of the springboard. He's the one that, you know, starts reaching out to, to other potential commits and start getting the group text messages going and staying connected on, on social media that way and other platforms. And, you know, Fegan plays running back and linebacker. Uh, I know he mentioned yesterday he preferred to play running back in college, but, you know, I think he'd do kind of whatever was, was best for, for the program. But you have to think of him too and just watching what Illinois did last season with a true freshman – Another big back in Josh McRae, who looks even bigger this spring. That, to me, really shows you what Brett Bielema could do with Caden Feagan, a guy with his skill set in the backfield. And, uh, you know, that's just a just an tantalizing prospect to, to kind of consider, you know, Feagan if he does find a way into the backfield. Because Chase Brown has, does he have two more years, two seasons left of eligibility? Sure. I mean, I don't know how many seasons. Yeah. It's like Keith Randolph mentioned earlier. This w- 2022 will be his fourth, fourth year, year of college. I football. think he's only a redshirt sophomore. That's insane. <laughs> Same with Isaiah <laughs> Williams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Chase has maybe got two left. Uh, but I mean, you mentioned Josh McCray, like Jordan Anderson, another huge dude that Brett Bielma is going to play. Right, you're seeing back. a trend here of what yeah, Brett so Bielma wants out of his skill positions. If you're a bigger running back that everyone else is saying, well, you're a, a linebacker, but mm-hmm. you really want to be on offense, like Illinois might be your place. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. So uh, interesting to see what comes of uh, Caden Feagan's decision and and how that plays out throughout the rest of the class of 2023 and uh, moving forward. And also cool too, just to get a local kid that that grew up. You know, rooting for the Illini and knowing all about Illinois football to to get the chance to to suit up in the orange and blue. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of folks from the communities of Arthur, Lovington, Atwood, and Hammond that are going to be closely paying attention to Caden, not only Caden Feagan's senior season uh, next fall, but also what he uh, can accomplish here in Champaign. All right, Scott, anything else we need to cover in our return to podcasting i i think i mentioned last time on this we do this more often and we went six weeks in between podcasts so i mean i was a little busy yeah just a little bit that i mean with illinois and then when there wasn't we, anything football going on to speak of well, they had pro day but it also happened to have fall on the same day as illinois and the 
quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I think around around the same time. Not terrific timing there. Um, Pro Day. Who, who's going to – the NFL draft's coming up in a month or so, Scotty. Oh, I don't even know I mean, where it's at this year. Where's it at? I don't know. They keep rotating this thing. It used to just always be in New York City, and now it goes uh, to Vegas and Cleveland and Nashville and Chicago. And Scott's going to do a quick Google <laughs> search. Full time. Uh, Twenty twenty-two NFL draft um, is in Paradise, Nevada, so Las Vegas. Okay, there you go. Um, Will any Illini get their names called in the NFL draft next? We'll talk. We can talk about that more later in future podcasts. But quick. Yeah, I mean, I think Kirby Joseph is projecting. A year ago, would we have said Kirby Joseph? You're going to get picked in the 2022 NFL draft. No, exactly. Wild story because like Lovey Smith moved him to wide receiver, um, mm-hmm. and which was sort of just like a we don't have anywhere else to put you. It's not safety. Give this a try. Um, then Ryan Walters comes in as the new defense coordinator for Brett Bielman. He's like, let's move you back to safety because that's where you're. I think can be really good. And turns out Ryan Walters was right. Mm-hmm. And Kirby had a, a breakout season, and I've seen some like third round projections right. even for him. So I mean if it's he last passed the fifth round and something horribly wrong has happened, but um I don't know, based off of some of the forty times from Illinois Pro Day, everyone was just really super fast. <laughs> um might want to like double check those. Like Caitlin Tolson ran like Ready, a on your mark, get set, go. Now start the timer. <laughs> I mean 'cause Caitlin Tolson was like faster than a lot of dudes like at the combine that were known for being fast. Um, not that I'm saying he can't be that fast, but I'm a little, hmm, I wonder. Uh, but I think Kirby's really the only lock. Um, I think you'll see a lot of guys wind up in a training camp somewhere. Okay. Um, like if, you, if NFL teams drafted punters, like I think Blake Hayes. I think there's usually one drafted every year, it seems like. But I think Blake will be in a camp somewhere. I think Ethan Tabell, long snapper, who didn't miss a single snap his entire career, probably winds up in a camp. Darian Lowe. Um, like Jake Hansen, I imagine like Lovey Smith will probably <laughs> just you know, bring him to Houston because Lovey Smith loves Jake Hansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. There's... There's that potential, um, but I think Kirby's really the only like lock draft pick. All right. We'll be back sooner rather than later. We'll try to make this more of a regular thing now that uh, basketball season is, is over here in Champaign, although so news, like the, the basketball part is Yeah, over. now the fun off-season coverage begins. Not fun at all. have <laughs> <laughs> been doing this, what, seven years now? You should be used to it by now, Scotty. It doesn't mean it's fun. Like, <laughs> I, I am used to this, the craziness that is the transfer portal and coaching carousel and who's staying, who's going, who's coming. I don't know. Is Kofi coming back? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I think if the Illinois Guardians or whatever can come up with a NIL package of substantial value, that would be hard for Kofi to turn that down. I'm going to ask you that every day until he decides. Okay. All right. I'm going to block your number. No, you're not. Uh, all right, now we end this podcast. We'll be back uh, for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football well before the spring game kicks off on April 21st. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.